Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is going to be good. Legends Territory is back. Braun and Kratz at a six-time All-Star closer, 2007 World Series champ with the Boston Red Sox. Also just a playoff monster. 17 of his 18 playoff appearances. No runs allowed. Jonathan Papelbon joining us right now on Legends Territory. Coming off a big workout. How you doing, Pap? Hey, y'all. Yeah, you forgot a couple stats there, but it's all right. I'll remind you. Oh, <laughs> Phillies all-time saves leader, Red Sox all-time saves leader, two-time rallies player of the year. So I just, you know, just so we get it right. You know what I mean? You want, Anything you we want should to, add, Kratz? Yeah. We can, <laughs> we can add that he was late to this interview, too, so that everybody knows the real Pap is here. And he's probably yeah. not going to blink. Like, this is hey. like – He's not blinking. This is not going to be a post-game interview where we get like six words that don't even make a sentence out of it. This is going to be a legit Pat Bur- uh, yeah, Pat Burrell, Papelbon interview here. You know it, baby. Uh, all right. So how's life, first of all? Like, what are you doing now? And what do you want to man, do life, that you haven't life, done? Life is good, man. Uh, uh, retired, hated baseball. Um, you know, did absolutely nothing. Thought that was going to be cool. Went snowboarding, dislocated my shoulder, decided to go back again, dislocated the other shoulder, uh, went through hell, but it's all good. I'm back in the gym now, feeling good. Um, got a company now with my brother that I'm running and uh, doing some stuff with Nesson, which I actually enjoy. Um, you know, it, it's it's something I told myself I would never do because I, I, I fucking hated the media when I was playing. Um, but I realized that, you know um, – Baseball was awesome to me, and I still love the shit out of baseball, and I couldn't deny that. So, got back in it. How much did you miss baseball, or how much did you miss like the competitive aspect of things? That's a great question, Kratz. Um, the grind—I miss zero of the grind. You know, um, although I do like the competitiveness, I like to uh, challenge. You know, myself. I mean, shit, Kratz. Me and you—we were always in the gym. You know trying to come up with like some kind of challenge or something stupid every day that never leaves you whether you're in business or baseball. Uh, but you know, for me, um, the one thing that I miss would probably be, uh, you know, shower naked with guys would probably be the first one, um, <laughs> playing cards in the plane, you know, and, um, Probably, you know, just the the steak dinners at night, you know, with the boys. I don't crap. Do they even do this anymore? Do they, you know, you know, the bird lands and like, hey, your guys are coming with me. Let's go eat. They don't even get the bags. They still do it. The difference is everybody sits at the everybody sits at the meals like this, and you're like, hey, oh. bro, this is why I never got any of your money because I could see you going through clubhouses now and taking guys' phones and snapping them in half and being like, hey, we're gonna hang out. But then the next day, there'd be a brand new iPhone 15 titanium in their locker. So <laughs> No question. No question. And see, that was the same thing that happened with me and Bryce, man. Like, you know what? 
you know, when I went there, it was like, it, you know, the, the, the game started changing a little bit and, um, you know, guys just weren't accountable like I was used to. And, um, you know, we had a conversation, you know, about, hey, everybody the team meeting, you know, hey, look, we're going to start fucking running balls out and hustling and we get, we're a game out of the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the next day that, you know, very next day, you know, we get into that situation. And so I was like, well, we just talked about this yesterday. So the game started to change on me. And, um, you know, I, not to say that I didn't like it. I just don't know if I was accustomed to the new way, you know. And so um, I was – you know, I, you know me, Kratz. I, I didn't show up to just show up, man. I showed up. I wanted to, I wanted to fucking kick somebody's ass, and I wanted twenty five guys behind me because me as a closer. I, look, put it this way: I, I, I was nothing without the guys in front of me. You know, without my lineup or the pitchers that came before me. So it's just kind of the way my approach was, and you know, it is what it is. You feel like you got a bad rap for that? You feel like you got a bad rap for the? For the Harper instance, like you just brought up something that how many people knew that you guys had actually talked about that? Yeah, well, I, I think I've said it before, you know, actually it was Jason Worth that led the meeting. But, um, you know, for me, yeah, man, man look, I'm going to tell you right now, when I was 23, 25, I got my ass kicked way more than that. I'm just going to tell you, borderline rapes, I would say. And it was, it was, it was, a, it was something that I cherished, actually. I mean, I remember looking at Veritech on a training room table in uh, Oakland one day, and I was like, what, motherfucker? You know, what? Like, we just started getting into it. And he was like, you're too cocky. I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I don't give a shit, you know? And, man, he put me in a headlock, and I didn't think I was going to be able to play that night. And it was just, you know, I mean, that's boys will be boys, you know what I mean? And um. I don't know. I think that kind of changed as I, I was playing. Yeah, but who changed? Who changed? Because you just said, let, let, let's put it this way. If you're 24, what did you say? You're 23, 24? Yeah. When this, when this happened somewhere in there, Pap, um, yeah. Bryce was probably 23, 24 when you choked him out. Yeah. So who was cockier, you or Bryce? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Probably him at the time, but – you know, for me, um, I look at him now, and man, we still, I, you know, when I see him, I'm, I give him a big hug, you know. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I got into fights with Timblin, Wakefield, Verity. You, Crash, you know, this shit happens. And, but at the end of the day, um, it could either bring you together or tear you apart. And I think at that time, it tore us apart as a team. And I think I should have probably waited until. We got into the clubhouse, but then again, it probably would have gotten way worse than what it did, you know, when teammates broke it up. But, you know, afterwards, we had a, say another team meeting. Of course, you know, Kratz, I called the team meeting and I'm like, <laughs> hey, what's I'm like, get the president down here, get the GM and the head coach. And so I start this meeting and I'm like, hey, uh, First off, I want to apologize on my behalf for, you know, doing that shit in front of the cameras. Should have handled it behind the scenes. Uh, but, guys, we just talked about this. We're trying to make a playoff. I don't understand how, you know, we all have to be on the same page. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say. And if anybody else has anything to say, please speak up now or forever hold your peace. 
Nobody said a fucking thing. It was dead silence. Matt Williams, who knew he was going to get fired, said, Oh, yeah, 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 guys. You know, we got to be a team here. We can't fight with each other. Okay, guys, let's go get him tomorrow. I was like, what the fuck is going on here, man? And it was just like, I don't know. After that, I was just done. You know what I mean? I was like, this is all changed. But, you know, God works in mysterious ways, man. And I am here where I am now. And um, I'm enjoying life more than I ever thought I would, to be totally honest with you. And and, and you look at Bryce now. Man, Bryce has become a, a complete team leader. Um, you know, and like I said, every time I see him, I wish him nothing but the best. It's just like me and Tech, man. Me and Tech are blood brothers. It, you know, man, you're around each other more than your family, dude. And, and you know, brothers will be brothers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If that instance hadn't happened or like you hadn't started seeing those changes, I think some of those changes, I, I, you voiced some of those Dis, you know, your disagreements when we were in Philly, you know, kind of that like yeah. fire, kind of that fire of, well, I'm this fiery and maybe I'm not the leader because I'm the closer, but like, right. why isn't everybody this fiery? Like you, you, right. you would always say like, I'm gonna live my life at a hundred percent, whether it's in the ninth inning or it's getting ready for, you know, a game, a day game in July. I'm gonna live my life yeah. in that route. Do you feel like if you had been able to like acclimate to the new game, how much longer would you have played? No question, Kratz. I I think that if I was able to, I could have played at least another three or four more years. Um, now, would I have been you know the same old you know Cinco Ocho of old? No, um, but you know I could have you know like they said hanging around. You know I could have hung around, but. Uh, for me, Cratch, you know me, dude. I wasn't going to just play this game just to hang around, man. I wanted to go there every day and kick some ass. And, um, you know, for me, there was only one one way, man. There's, you know, Red Bulls and Adderall and whatever coffee it took. It, it, I was getting jacked up every night, man, to go kick somebody's ass. And, you know, I started to see when we get when I got to the Phillies at first, you know, Ruben Amaro was like, Yeah, man, we're gonna come here, we're gonna win two more championships. And I I, I I'm looking at them like the Utleys and the Jimmy Rollins. I'm like, man, dude, the, on TV these guys look like grinders. And then when I get there, man, it's like shit, Utley's only playing 40 games, he's hurt, and you know, Jimmy's getting into it with Ryan Sandberg and Sandberg wants him to show up at fucking noon and he shows up five minutes before the stretch. He's done it for 15 years, and you're fucking that. And it just went to, you know, I, I don't know, man. Sandberg was the worst manager ever, but, um, you know, it just shit hit the fan real quick, man. And, and Ruben Navarro got the keys to a Porsche and went out and wrecked it, in my opinion. And, um, you know, you, Kratzy, I mean, you caught these guys. You, you caught all of us, bro. We hit Cliff Lee, Hamels. Halliday. I mean, now Halliday was sort of back in and, you know, had his problems and issues. But, uh, bro, how, how did we not win? And that's what frustrated me so much is I felt like, you know, that, that, 
that energy wasn't there like it used to be. Yeah, but you weren't there in eleven and nine and ten yeah. when when those guys had had that energy. I think they played. I think they played at like a more like a business level in the sense that it wasn't the same grind. Especially like when you got there in twelve, dude. We had just won a hundred whatever games in eleven. I know. And you came in because they got rid of Mad Dog, and Mad Dog got hurt and ended up getting hurt right. that year. You came in. And you had that fire that I think the team needed. I don't know that it was necessarily needed at the closer role because it's different. Like, it's different. Like, you, right. you, you were right. around J-Dub. Jason Worth mm-hmm. was kind of that – he was that fiery guy that had left in 10. And you yep. come in there. But did you have a successful run in Philly? Like, to me, you had two All-Star games as a Philly. Yeah. And you're talking about, like, oh, I wouldn't have been at this level. You were an All-Star in 15. Like, yeah. I think you, yeah, your velocity started to go down, but it showed, and that was one of the things that really impressed me was everybody thinks of you as just this crazy, beamed out, wild interview kind of guy, but like you knew what you were doing and you were so locked oh, yeah. in during that four years. Was your run successful in Philly? My run was, yes. Um, I feel like it was. Um and I and, and and you know I say Ruben Amaro screwed it all up, but at the same time, you know uh, we did have a lot of injuries. You know Ryan Howard's Achilles; he was never able to come back from that. You know, and anytime you take the big piece out, man, shit. You know you have no protection in your lineup, and, and things started to fall apart. Um, I was very surprised though that the, the years that I did make the All Star team, I was only only member from the team of the Phillies, um, but. You know, what really surprised me was um, – and there's probably pictures out of it now, but I think I converted like 28 saves in a row one year. Shit, Kratz, I, I don't remember what year it was. but mm-hmm. And then the Phil- I blew one. The Phillies booed me off of the field. And so I grabbed my nuts at them like, you know, like, fuck <laughs> you guys. Joe West comes around, throws me out. I'm like, Joe, why, what are you doing, man? You can't throw me out. You know, adjusting my cup. He's like, no, you weren't. I was like, ah, oh, fuck you, Joe West. He was after me my whole career, but <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, yeah, but I started somebody, with. J- yeah, but as somebody that converted twenty-eight saves, you're on the top of your you're on the top of your game, and then they boo you. Does that mean you're yeah. a little so- you're a little soft because they booed you? Oh, like, oh, come on, guys. I was. I, I was soft. I was salty, and I was pissed. <laughs> and um. But you know, I I, I mean, it, it it was what it was, and 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 I and I think uh, at the end of the day, the people in Philly, um, they may or may not uh, appreciate when I came, and I was like, you know, hey, like I didn't come here for this bullshit. I came here to win, and we're in last place every year, and I don't think they like that. But man, Christ, I was I, I speak my mind, and, and and whether you like it or not, you know, so eh, whatever. No doubt. And I, and I live in, I live outside of Philly now and everybody, it's like the questions I get asked are, what was it like to catch that rotation that you just said? And what right. was Papelbon like? And I said, <laughs> this dude got a bad rep in this city. And yet had we been winning during that time, had we won in 12 and 13, when you and I played together, you would have loved Papelbon more than you've ever loved any Brad Lidge or Ryan Madsen or so it's one of those things where people are like, oh, okay, I get that. 
But I want to take you to 2011. I want to take you to 2011 when <laughs> Robert Andino absolutely got a rocket off of you. And just Missile. leading up to all of that stuff. All right. So uh, what's funny is is uh, Tito was trying to get a contract extension. And um, so Theo was like, no, nah, we're not going to extend you. And he was like, well, what the fuck is going on? But anyway, uh, he was like kind of on the way out. And we in Boston somehow just hit this just absolute brick wall. Um, I think Pedroia was playing with a broken thumb or, yeah. Anyway, and we, we get to like September and it's like, fuck, we're about to lose this thing. And sure enough, we did. Um, but it was one of those things where, you know, I, I look at now and I told Ben McDonald this when they came to Fenway. I was like, you know, uh, the Orioles made their come up. You know how they made their come up in 2011 when I let them <laughs> fucking win. And he's like, yeah, Robert Andino. Um, but I still believe to this day that ball should have gotten caught. Carl Crawford took a bad route. But anyway, it's a part of the game. And um, – you know what's funny is, is I was good friends with Adam Jones, and, I, and Adam Jones was like, "Man, I think you're gonna freaking lose it." And I was like, "He was like, man, you, you took that pretty well." And I was like, "Man, you gotta take the good with the bad." And um, the worst part about it, Kratz, was after the game was over. Man, you had to. I had to sit there. I think for like an hour and just answer questions. And you know, obviously the Boston media was pretty relentless on me. But um, you know, it 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 it, it changed my perspective on baseball for sure you know just that one instance because then after that all of the firing started happening theo left and i was like wow this there's a big domino effect you know from the players to the staff uh, that's the first time i realized that do you think it would have changed had you won do you think that all that 100 happened yeah 100 percent crack terry francona would still be the manager today i truly truly do believe that i think that um Theo and John Henry had their their issues in the office, and I think they were on their way out. But I think as far as Tito was there, I mean, and Tito, man, I don't know if you know him that well, but he's a he's a phenomenal um, psychiatrist. I don't I don't look at yeah. him as a head coach. I think he's a psychiatrist. I agree. I I I, I only was with him in spring training in 2017, yeah. but just the interactions we've had since, he is. Isn't that what being a manager, or as you as you call it, a head coach? Isn't that what it's about? Yeah, like trying to trying to dictate. But how is how did his contract affect you guys down that run? Because you guys were twenty and six, I think, in August, and then seven and twenty in September. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, what happened was is I think that we signed Carl Crawford, J.D. Drew, and uh, what's the other guy? Gonzalez, Adrian, Adrian Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yep, and. And none of them really panned out. They just – you know how it is, man. Either you can play in a big market or you can't. And um, none of those big signs really panned out. So I think that was kind of the writing on the wall. And, um, you know, John Henry, man, now that I work for him again with Nesson, um, you even realize more that this dude is, is, is all about winning. And when I was doing Ness and stuff, they, they, people try to tell me that, uh, oh, the ownership's not giving them the money this year for the Red Sox. That's why they're losing. And I call bullshit on all that, man. If you can't win with $220 million payroll, 
then you need to be fired. And so, you know, that's what they did. But um, that's just the way John Henry runs his business, man. And I, I had no problems with it. So they should be winning right now because they got a big payroll. I agree. I agree. I said that. And, um, you know, when they fired Bloom, I happened to be up there. And um, it's funny, too, man, because you walk from the hotel to the stadium to go to, to do this shit and you know, do the nest and stuff. And, you're, and people are like, Pap, thank you. Please come to the front office and get some damn play. You know, they just scream at you. Thank you for getting Bloom fired. I'm like, I didn't do shit. I speak the <laughs> truth. I tell you how it is. And, you know, those guys can make that money. I, I don't think I'd ever want to be in the front office. Those are the hardest jobs ever, man. Yeah, you wouldn't be a good front office person. Sorry. No. Your personality, your personality, you'd have to you'd have a, a glass cage and you, you just see you'd be like slamming on the glass cage, like trying to be <laughs> let out like an animal. What could they what could yeah. they do different? What what do you feel like the Red Sox need to do to get back to the prominence that the Red Sox are? Because really, ownership, ownership really didn't do a whole lot. They got they got Yoshida. They got, you know, so you're saying they don't need to spend or they should spend and they should get Otani. Okay, so uh, here, here's my uh, little synopsis on it. So uh, you got overloaded in the outfield. You got some good players coming up. Uh, you got to make a trade for one of these guys in the outfield. As soon, so as soon as, uh, let's say this Duran kid, you know, everybody likes the Duran kid. Let's put him in center field, start off. And, um, Let's say he has the first good two months of the season. Well, if you know you have another guy that's behind him, this Mahaya kid or whatever his name is, some Byerly kid that's supposed to be good. If he comes up and he's good, then you have to trade him while the iron's hot. You know what I'm saying? And then not only t- on top of that, you've got to go get at least two more front-end rotation guys. To me, if this Bayo kid that they got now – if next year he comes out and he's like a, a number three, then they're going to have a good team. But if you have the Bayo kid as a number one, they're not going to be any good. Um, you know, you got Doogie coming up with his last deal. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't whether it's going to be uh, your boy Sam Foles or your boy Mike Hazen, one of those two guys have got to come in and restructure – the entire pitching staff. I mean, I, I, dude, this blows my fucking mind. I've never seen so many bullpen days. Like, I, if I'm in the bull and Kinley, I talked to Kinley about this a lot. He's like, dude, they're kill. I, I don't know how I'm going to get a save this year because everybody in front of me is fucking killed. <laughs> it doesn't work. I'm sorry. Now, what you you said, John Henry cared about the team. Does John Henry still care about the team? Does he still care about winning a ring for no Boston? Question. No question. no question. And I, and look, you go and here's the thing is too, not only him but his wife, man. You go, you go into Red Sox, you go into Fenway Park. Linda's name's all over the park. You know, John's name's too. Everybody knows that. Um, and shit, man. For me, uh, those two people, they don't want to. They want to win more than anybody. Um, and all this stuff about all oh, the ownership and and the front office, they don't want to win. I think is all bullshit. So we're going to take you back to when you did win a ring. Mm-hmm. We got all the bad stuff out of the way. Let's go to 2007. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to take you. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about, but you're dancing on the field. And when I see that video, dancing on the field in your underwear, 
that to me, what I always tell people when they when they like send this, ah, your boy, look at your boy, look at your boy. I yeah. send I send back to him. If that's what he looked like on the field, what did it look like in his private time? What did that sell? What yeah. was that celebration like? What was that like? Only only four years after getting drafted. Yeah, well, I will say this. Um, there was uh, a few front office people that were like, hey, you know, if you go out on the field, you got to put clothes on. So I did have to put clothes on. Um, and unfortunately, they found some small-ass jersey or something. I don't know, man. But uh, I think that was a big result of um, a lot of uh, Jaeger, a lot of uh, champagne, and, you know, uh, 5 o'clock eat. Uh, I ate at like 5 o'clock. And, uh, you know, Alex Cora was a big, big deal of this. And, and he was like, man, you got to be Cinco Ocho. It was back when they had Ocho Cinco, you know, and he was 85 and I was 58. And so Alex Cora gave me the nickname Cinco Ocho. And I think that was probably the worst mistake of my life because that's when my alter ego happened. And um, that's when uh, I just really took to it. But to me, man, um, if you don't have – an alter ego when you step out on that field, you're not going to be successful. Um, and you could you could say it in, in many ways. It doesn't have to be an awkward ego, but you have to change. You cannot be – I can't be dad with three kids that's at home is the same guy I'm on the field. I'm going to lose every night. And, um, you know, those group of guys taught me that, man. And um, I will say this, man. With those teams, bro, our motto was we're going to come to your city. We're going to drink your beer. We're going to kick your ass. And, you know, I mean it was – um, a different mantra, you know. We we came in with a different attitude, and I think at the end of the day, all of it just spilled out on the field. Um, uh, and I think they were like, "Yeah, we can't celebrate on the field anymore after that." But, um, man, that's just being young and dumb. And I mean, um, God, we had fun though, man. Holy shit, we had some fun. Do you think that team gets neglected? Do you feel like the 2007 team kind of gets like, you know, 13 was the yeah. 13 was the marathon, you know, bombing, and then 18 they came back and they beat the Dodgers. You know, do you feel like seven kind of gets like they're the redheaded stepchild, World Series championship? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I can. I, I can. I, yeah, I can see that. I don't necessarily feel like that, but I think that 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 yeah, like people would probably Red Sox fans would probably think that. But um, you know, like for me, that 07 team would have whooped the 04 team ass, would have whooped the 13s ass, would have whooped the 18s ass. That team we had, Kratzy, I'm telling you, man, we but we <laughs> we were whooping ass drunk half the time. Tell me about it. I mean I mean, dude, we were we were we were whooping ass, and we didn't even know we were whooping ass. Like it was, we had so much talent on that team that my job it felt easy. I mean, it really did. Um, and I've been on teams where you don't have that much talent, and you feel like you got to pick everybody up, right? Oh man, let me go do extra because I got to pick this guy up. It never works. So you guys were just you guys were just a wagon. You guys were just rolling downhill and everything like. You said you beat teams drunk. Like, were you out there like, oh, man, when we go into Colorado, I just think of Colorado because that's where you guys won. Colorado in the middle of the season, like, this is going to be a blast and we're going to beat the snot out of the team. Or we love going to this. No place. question. No question. Man, look, I I mean, for me, 
I I had a uh, a way to get ready for the game every day, and that involved you know coffee, uppers, and a couple shots of Jaeger every night. That is what put me like in that relaxed state. Um, you know, I could do now. I wasn't going out there, you know, fucked up, but man, I, I went out there with a little edge, you know, so to speak, and. I mean, shit, players in the 80s, man, they did way more than that. But, I mean, it, it just it just created that sense of, uh, man, whatever happens, happens, man, you know. Um, I, I don't know how to really explain it, man. It's just like, you know, it's, just, it's like this. It's like when you're playing golf, right? And you're like, yeah, I'm out there playing golf and, like, you know, Four whole four to like seven after like three or four beers, man. You're really feeling good, man. You're freaking stroking that ball. But then, man, by like 18, you had too many beers, right? It's that, it's that, you know, that balance. So you stay in that, you stay in that area, and you put that, and then, and then they post game, they give you a post game interview, and you're like, you can't come down from that. Like people, people got. I no. think you got a bad rep from that, and I think people sat there and they were like. What's his problem? What's this guy's problem? But they don't understand how much you put into getting out there in those situations. No question, man. My, my motto um, was work hard, play hard. Um, man, there were some young kids that we'd go out all night the night before, and then like they'd be sitting at their locker the next day, and I'd go snatch them up. Let's go get in the gym. But Pat, what the fuck you mean? Go get in the- yeah, hey. Hey, listen to me, motherfucker. If you can't soar, if you can't hoot with the owls and soar with the eagles, then you ain't on my team. That's how I was. That's how I was. And, you know, um, a lot of young kids didn't understand that, hey, man, if if you want to do this, you got to do this, you know. And somehow I was able to do it. I don't know, man. I look back on it now. I'm like, how the hell did I do it? But... (laughs) Legends Territory fam, we want to remind you all about our partnership with Shady Rays, premium polarized shades that will not break the bank. How you doing? And if you want to look as good as Eric Kratz, you can. And it is not going to cost you a boatload. It's a big reason why we've partnered up with them. And also, they take care of the people, Kratzy, because... You're not the kind of guy that that loses stuff too often. I'm gonna imagine, right? No, no. But but you break you break a thing or two. You're kind of, you're kind of big. You've got a little clumsiness to you, right? Yes, I will take these off, and one of the arms will just snap off, and <laughs> kind of makes me feel good because it makes me feel like I'm really strong. But also makes me feel good because I know the boys are gonna take care of me and get me another pair. That is very correct. It's the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even the first day that you get them if you're clumsy like kratz and you're like damn it and you're like oh man um they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked so you can wear them and feel good about it and feel clumsy about it and not worry about it so right now the best deal of the season is available for you only if you are in the foul territory fam they are giving out their best deal if you go to ShadyRays.com and use the code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people.
Did it all start when you were in high school? Did you get this mentality in Not college? No, nah, man. I didn't play baseball until um, my sophomore year of college. Or actually, I didn't pitch. I played, but I was like outfield. And um, my sophomore year at Mississippi State, I was throwing a guy out at third. He tried, this some bitch tried to take three on me on a double down right field line. I went and got the ball and threw him out at third. I hit him in the helmet on a line from the right field corner and knocked him out and he missed the season. And the pitching coach came up to me and was like, Hey Pat, you ever pitch? I was like, nah, I mean, I never really pitched. He's like, what'd you come to school here for? I said, I came to school here to make it to the big leagues. He said, well, if you want to do that, we got to get you on the mound. I was like, all right, whatever coach. And next thing you know, I started pitching. But then eventually you turned into a reliever. Do you ever think back to what your life would be like? if you were a starter and did anyone influence you to be a reliever? Yeah. So uh, I learned how to pitch as a reliever at Mississippi state when I started pitching and I was a closer there. Uh, and this was when they first started kind of taking closures in the draft. And then I got drafted in the uh, fourth round and get to minor league ball and Theo's first draft class, you know, and, uh, he's like, yeah, you're going to be a starter. I was like, man, I never fucking started a game. What do you mean I'm a starter? And he's like, yeah, I want to start you. So go out, I start and A ball and dominate. And uh, then I go to double A, I dominate there. And then Matt Clement gets hit in the head. I come up spot start for him for like four starts. Did very well. 2005 playoffs after they went over four. We go the White Sox, who ended up winning, pitch well in the bullpen. And then I'm like, man, I, I much rather pitch out of the bullpen. I like it. It's just kind of my charisma. It's like, I don't know if I'm ADD enough, but I couldn't sit on the bench. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine God. me sitting on the bench for five games in a row? I, I, I mean, it's just, I, no. It would be terrible. I'd drive, you would- yeah, I would have I drove people insane. Yes, you so, definitely you definitely would have. You definitely but who yeah, but who who changed it? Like because because I can tell people that I batted a thousand off of you. You were a starter in two thousand three <laughs> and I hit a double off of you in two thousand three <laughs> in a game that you started and you were out by the ninth batter. I hit a double yep. off you and then in the big leagues I was one for one off you, so I batted a thousand off of you, but you were a starter. What changed what changed it? Who who influenced that? So nobody, man. So we go into 06 and I'm like, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a starter. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to go talk to Theo about this. this is, I was talking to Terry Francona. He's like, we'll go talk to Theo. I was like, man, I don't need to talk to Theo. I'm due to coach, right? He's like, nah, Theo's dead set on you starting. I said, okay, well, let's talk to him. I said, Theo, man, I, I'm not a starter. Okay. I, we got enough starters here. We don't have enough people in the pen. And uh, he's like, nah, Pap, pretty much you're going to start. I said, man, son of a bitch. I said, okay, well, uh, all right, how about this? Just make me one deal. And I knew this before I said it. I knew what I was saying before I said it. Because I knew we had, we didn't have – Tim was getting old. Del Carmen wasn't it. And we had a few other guys. Schneider, who's now the uh, coach, uh, head pitching coach at uh, Tampa. And so – I go to him and I say, all right, Theo, all right, Tito, we're sitting in the office. I said, I'll tell you what, 
if we go through this whole spring training and there is no you have no one designated as your closer until the last two weeks of the season, I get to be closer. And I was like, they were like, okay, all right, that's fine. Thinking that they could come up with a closer. Well, dude, two weeks into the season, we have nobody. And I knew this. And so I, I went in the office and I said, all right, so you guys still want me to be a star? They're like, nah, Pap, you got the closing job. You're going to close for us this year. And, um, you know, sure enough, it, it ended up working out. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I came in second place after Verlander getting hurt that year for the rookie of the year. But it was the way I learned to pitch, man. It was the way it was what I liked doing. I wanted, I wanted to try to influence every fucking game I could. And as a starter, that was like, what, 30 games a year if you stay healthy? You know, well, nowadays it's like, what, 130, 50 innings? Like, bro, like that's not – to me, that's not influencing a whole lot, you know. Um, I don't know. And I just wanted to close. I loved it. There was nothing better than coming out of that bullpen, you know, shipping up to Boston. And shit, man, that, that to me is – Man, you can't – if you can reproduce that and put it in a syringe, I'd stick it in my ass every day, man. That that <laughs> that feeling was fucking incredible, man. Yeah, but you didn't always ship out to Boston. You came out to let the bodies hit the floor, and that hit hard. Yeah. In 06, yeah. that hit hard. When they started whispering, let the bodies yeah. hit the floor. Like that was – and then you timed it. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. But all right, tell me about what Boss did with the, two, with the 2007 ball. <laughs> Yeah, my dog. His name was Boss. R.I.P. Yeah, he was a he was a three legged French bulldog. We had to cut his arm off after uh, I was horse playing with him. But um, yeah, man, somehow, some way, I just left the ball on the counter, man, and he just destroyed it. You know, I don't, I don't, I really know what else to say about that. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to play the the fifth on that one. Oh, the destroyed ball? No, I had to throw it away. I had to throw it away, man. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't – you know, the Hall of Fame was after me for it. And I, I didn't know what to do. And, uh, yeah, just the trash guy's got it now. I don't know what to tell you, man. You literally threw but, it in the garbage? Yeah. Ah, man. <laughs> Dang it. We'll never yeah, see it so again. I, That's it. That will never – We'll never see it again. Maybe there's there might be a, a little bit of remnants of it left in my trophy room or uh, AKA casino. Yeah, if if you know all everything goes to shit, your portfolio, everything else, it could reemerge. It could reemerge, but probably. You know what? It might be the last thing I give away when I die. Oh wait, never mind. I don't have it. I forgot. Yeah, you don't have it. Right, right. Well, Cassie, I, I, I got a question for you, man. How come you never came back to Cinco Ocho Casino in the back playing the cards with us, man? I need. You know, you 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 got a base hit off of me, man. I need to get some of that pocketbook of yours, man. Shoot, when I, when we played together, I was making chump change. There ain't no way I was going back there. You guys, you guys would bluff with more than I was making in a month. <laughs> <laughs> was, there was no chance I was coming back with Chase, Cinco Ocho, Cliff, and Jimmy. Like those dudes were just—it was business class all day there. Like like racks. They look like a Damn, rack Jimmy. In the back. Jimmy Jimmy Rollins was uh, he was straight dead money though, man. I used to tell Jimmy, you know what my favorite nation is donation, baby. <laughs> well, Kratz, you won a poker tournament recently, so I, did. I don't think I they did. want that smoke. No, nope. I, I still can't. I still can't Ooh. hang with. 
Yeah, but I, I won the tournament, but man, you can't you can't hang with Papabon. He's not scared. Like he doesn't he hasn't blinked this entire interview. <laughs> he tried he tried to bet me in spring training, a dude I had played with before and he had played against Frazier. Remember Frazier, the closer? Oh, yeah. And I said, I said, oh yeah, like he went up to Canada. He's like, and he 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 found his wife. He found his wife and she's Canadian. And he's like, you go, she's not Canadian. I was like, what? This is one of my first interactions with Pap. I said, no, she's from Canada. Like they they live in Chicago now, but she's from Canada. He goes, I bet you five hundred dollars she's not Canadian. And I sat there and I was like, five hundred dollars. I was like, I would take $500, but now I'm questioning. He bullied me. He bullied me out of one of my friend's wives' origin. And he had never, he's like, dude, I've never met her before. I just wanted to see if you wanted to gamble or not. I was like, no, no. <laughs> oh, awesome. man. All right. So I have one more based on what Kratz said a while back. Post game interview, you're lit, but you're talking for real, which we respect a ton with what we're doing every day with our shows. Um, if you're commissioner for a day, what do you do? And do you feel like baseball is falling behind in some way? Like, are dudes too trained to be boring? Is it the sport's fault? You know, because obviously football's in its own world, but basketball has definitely got more cultural relevance. So, what would you do? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm probably going to give you an answer that you probably didn't think I would say, but um, for me, I am all, you know, I never, I never got mad when a dude celebrated a home run off of me. Like never like bro. Because if I got you, boy, I was going to fist pump the shit out of you. Like that's just how it was, man. And like, to me, that never bothered me. So the bat flips all this, I say, keep them in the game. Uh, the solo bases I really like now. Do I think it's a disadvantage for the pitchers? Of course it is. But at the same time, now that I'm doing you know media stuff with Nesson, um, and I, I I did this one time just to see. So I, I go out in the studio. It's in center field at Fenway, and I go and I'm like I I'm betting again. I'm gambling. Uh, I bet the Jim Rice right. Uh, I said Jimmy. Hall of Famer. I said, how many people you think know the score of this game? I'm going to go ask 10 people. Two people knew the score of the game. So you have to incorporate things for fan interactment. And, um, you know, I love the game of baseball is an awesome game. But, you know, you have to create it and make it interesting. I think it hit a standstill uh, for there for a while. But, man, like, dude, bring the DJs into the stadiums. Bro, like, let's get it crunk. Like, I'm all for it, man. Uh, I think that's entertainment. Let's steal some more bases. Uh, you know, go suck for the pitchers for a little while. But hey, let's 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 incorporate this into the game. Um, I, I have no qualms with it. I really don't. I know what you'd like based on some of this conversation. The increased betting for some people that might not give a shit about a. West Coast game with two teams they don't care about, but dude's bored after a hard day at work, and he's suddenly watching Angels-Tigers in September when neither team matters, and it's the seventh inning, and he is like, one more run, and I hit the over, and I win a grand. Yep. So, like, to me, betting uh, DJs at the park now, mm -hmm. 
the whole lights, you know, you, you know closures come in the game now. It's not just music, man. They, they shut the lights down. It's crazy. I, I think baseball needs that, man. I think, I think baseball needs stolen bases and um, aggression. You know, dude, people in Philly, Boston, LA, they want to see hardcore guys go out and play baseball. There's no question about it. Um, but I, I, I enjoy it, man. Like it'll be really cool. Like instead of like the fifty-fifty drawings, like if like you could just like bet guys next to you, but which you know they'll probably get to that with FanDuel soon. But um, man, like it's um. It's a new game, I feel like, but it's a new good game. I really do truly feel that way. They got to put greenies back in is the one thing you should do as a commissioner. Eh, that's not happening. Yeah, well, I would if I was commissioner, but, you know. I, look, man, at the end of the day, everybody's going to have a TUE. Everybody's going to – the game's not going to change, man. When, when you play 162 games and you're trying to go out there and dominate, like – yeah, you got to do it healthily, and maybe I didn't do it healthily my whole career. But at the same time, man, like you got to 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 do this. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't just say, "Oh man, let's just take it out." You know? Yeah, I mean, he seems pretty healthy to me, Krat. So I think it looks, works. Looks tremendous. That hair is. <laughs> I mean, you're putting color in that hair. You're I, about to turn I 30, still, 40, 43, So. I still got good flow, Kratz, you know? You got great flow, but you ain't that ain't natural color. Don't don't be don't don't lie to us. You're being honest. I started using yeah. Well, dude, you're a gem. This was awesome. Appreciate you. Thanks to the Players Alumni Association too for helping to set this up. Um, the great Jonathan Papelbon with all the accolades. Um, and if you want more info on your favorite former players, baseballalumni.com. Pap, thanks, man. That was fun. Did yeah, man. It? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.